thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Well, hey, grab your bulletin on the back of that. You'll find a outline for the message this morning. Uh, we're back in that series. I've just got a couple more left in that series, uh, Experiencing God Together. Um, and this one is uh, entitled, The Church, God's Perspective. Can I just tell you right now, we don't ask that very often. The church, God's perspective. Now, if you haven't caught on yet, many of you have, I am passionately, passionately in love with the church. I love the church. I love church. Now, when I say that, you say, well, man, you love all the stuff that churches do? No. Some of it makes me throw up. I mean, some of it I'm like, that. Uh, you're killing me, all right? Because when you're a pastor and you're in a community, if you bump into somebody and they're at a church and their church is not good or they don't like what's going on or they've been hurt at church, they automatically don't like you. And I'm like, I'm not your pastor. I didn't do that. I didn't go to your church. I'm so, I mean, I'm serious. I didn't borrow no other day. And this lady said, so uh, I heard you tell that guy you're a pastor. I said, yes, I said, I don't like church. I, I'm, <laughs> I, didn't do, I, didn't, I didn't do that at your church. I didn't do that, okay? I mean, she automatically didn't like me. I mean, I, I mean, I just changed the aisle, went over there and looked at the field and stream, didn't even pay attention to what she said. I mean, it's just crazy. When you've been hurt at church and you hear the word church or you hear a song that you sang in church and you, you, the church that you didn't like or you hear the name pastor and you didn't like your pastor, I mean, boom, you just don't like it. And I can tell you that I love the church. I love it. Now, I didn't always love it because when I was in high school and in college, I saw things in church and even young in ministry when I was on staff that made me go, hmm. You know that sideways look you always get? Hmm. I mean, I didn't see God in that stuff. I didn't understand it. And because I'd read stuff in here, and then I'd see stuff in church, and I'm like, hmm. Because Baptists are quick to say, I'm a Baptist, so why are you a Baptist? Because I'm a people of the book. That's pretty good. And then I'd go to some of the churches, and I'd go, hmm. Hmm. You know what I mean? Y'all ever done that? Hmm. I mean, I'd see stuff in the Word that I didn't see in church, and I'm like, wow, what, what, what happened? Where'd it go? And so today I want to look at the church, God's perspective. What, what in the world does God think when he looks down at his bride today? What is, I mean, have you ever thought of that? I mean, as a pastor, I think about that all the time. Because here's what I understand about church. A lot of churches try to be all things to all people, and they're nothing for no one. Because you can't be all things to all people. You can't. Jesus said he could do that. But we can't. I think a church has to figure out who it is and do what they're called to do with excellence. You can't do everything. Okay? You can't have cotton candy in summer. You can't do. You can't have cotton candy and movie nights and, and, and roller coasters and then baptisms and then roller coasters and then hot dogs. I mean, people are like... They're like having to take a bath. I mean, it's just busy. It's just, I don't know what I am. Am I Six Flags or are we at church? You know, I don't know. And so I think sometimes it's very confusing to people, and we we're, we're, don't know what we are, okay? And so today I want to take a simple look at what Scripture says that if a church will do what God says he'll do. That's just it. It's just a real simple look. I want you to go to John, John's Gospel. I heard this statement one time. It was at a conference we were at. It said, 
that, I, I, that, that this church wants the, wants the, wants the things that their, their kids see, the things kids see in church ought to be the coolest things that kids ever see. That the coolest things in a kid's life, they ought to see it in church. Don't you think that'd be cool? I mean, where did you, where did you see that? That was the coolest thing in the world. Where did you see that at, church? That is not what you get sometimes. And so that's, I think that's what God wants for us. Look at John 15. John 15. Now, understand, if you've been here long enough, you know that when I say church, I mean us. Because God nowhere says church that he's not talking about the little church. Okay, so when you read this and when you look at this today, I want, I'm, I'm speaking corporately, but, but also independently too. Because when I am more like Jesus, then when I go to church with people with that, I make a church that is more like Christ. Does that make sense? The more we're like Jesus as the little church, the more the big corporate church is like Jesus. Okay, and so this is a word to the church, little church, but also corporate church as well. Look at John 15. It says, I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts away every branch in me that bears no fruit. And while every branch that does, does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers, so branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you ask whatever you will, you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to the Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Here's a question that's asked a lot, or here's something that's done a lot, as individuals and as a church. We decide to do something, and then we ask God to bless it. Mm, that doesn't sound like that much. Because here's a question I think needs to be asked. You ask God what he wants you to do, and he prepares you to do it. Because a lot of times what I see is we plan it, and we say, God bless it, and God's going, I wasn't in that. I'm not in that. I don't, that's not what I wanted to do. And so we ask him to bless it. And then if it goes well, we say hallelujah. And if it doesn't go well, we curse him. And the whole time I wonder if he really even was in that. Did he want to do that? And my life, sometimes I've been guilty of outrunning God. I know I think that's what God wants. I call it that's what God wants. And I run and go do it and say, God, I'm going to do this like he didn't know. I'm going to do this. I want you to bless it. But I've yet at that point in my life to ever have sat down and said, God, what do you want? And God, whatever that is for me, will you prepare me for it so that I will know it and honor you when I get there? 
You see, I think a church that asks that question first is a question that God will exalt. Because sometimes we outrun God, even as a church, little and corporate. And we ask God to bless stuff that God's really not in. I want, to draw, I want you to go to Exodus. I want you to go to Exodus. Exodus 33. I promise not to spend a lot of time here, but I've, woo, I could. Go to 33, but I want you to keep in mind 32. Let me set the table 32. These are God's people. Moses is leading his people. They've kind of given up on God. They started making these golden calves and honoring them and bowing down and, and all this other stuff. And God's already called them stiff-necked people, which is not a compliment, by the way. Okay? And so he's kind of fed up with them. When in, verse thir- in chapter 33 of Exodus, he calls Moses to go to what is called in Scripture tent of tent meetings. It's one-on-one, he, Moses, and God meeting together. And in that ten of tent meetings, he leaves Joshua behind with the people. Now, the people at this time are driving Moses nuts. Moms are like, "Woo, I've been there. And not enough bubble baths for those. But, but, but I've been there, okay? And so there, he's driving, and so God's got to get him away from that, man, okay? Got to get him away from that. Oh, he's going to miss God. He's going to make, it's just going to mess it up. And so God gets him all alone in the ten and tent meetings, where God begins to speak to him, as it says in Scripture, face to face as a brother speaks to a brother and a friend speaks to a friend. Now, the whole time this is going on, God's changing Moses' heart for something that happens a lot further down the road than this. But he's in these meetings. He goes back to God, and he says to him, I know you want me to lead these people. In, in other words, you, you know these people, right? Okay, You want me to lead these people. And he says to God in incredible words here. He says, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us out. Mm. Because mm, what's going to distinguish us from all the other people on the earth than your presence? And that's when God says to Moses, I will do The very thing you have asked. What if a church said this? God, don't don't send us out. Don't raise us up as a church unless your presence goes before us. Because what's going to distinguish us from all the other churches and all the other people on the earth than your presence? Hmm. Ask God what he wants you to do and let him prepare you for it. What about your life as little church? God, don't send me to my job unless your presence goes with me. Because what's going to distinguish, all the, what's going to distinguish me from all the other people at my work than your presence in my life? Mm. Is that an incredible draw of, the, of, of God to you? I mean, you're you talking about absolute mission field right in front of you. God, don't, don't, don't send me there unless your presence goes. Because I, 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 that's what I want. Because the presence of God will draw people to him. The church has been commissioned to God by God to reach people. 
Scripture tells us to, to go into all the world and baptize those. I mean, we're to go, to go, to go. But we eventually have got to come and meet together and look like the church. And he gives us a tremendous responsibility. And I think for the church today, the church has to step back and say, hey, we're going to do this, God bless it. Then, God, what do you want us to do and prepare us for that? Prepare us for that. Let's look at four things real fast. Any church that chooses, this is God's promise, any church that chooses, according to John 15, any church that chooses to do this, number one, to abide. I'm sure you use that word all the time, okay? To abide, okay, simply means to remain, to wait, to submit, to surrender. Stop right there. Seen those churches? You seen those churches out there right now? How about us as First Baptist Church in Bushland? Are we remaining in him? Are we waiting on him? Are we submitting to him? And have we surrendered to him? Are we abiding? Am I, your pastor, abiding? Am I remaining in Christ? Am I waiting on Christ? Am I submitted to Christ? Am I, the pastor, surrendered to Christ? Because he says, if you'll choose to do these things, I'm going to bear much fruit. But I got to abide. Sometimes as a church, we are so busy, I don't know that we could spell abide if we got all the letters together. We still wouldn't know what to spell, okay? Are we abiding? You can be so busy trying to be what God wants to be that you're not anything like God at all. You can. You can absolutely go 110 miles an hour and think you're doing God's will and wanting to honor God and you don't look anything like God. Because you're not abiding. Abiding. He says you have got to remember that you are the branch and I am the vine. And if you're not connected, you can do nothing. Nothing. I mean, you're tired, but you haven't done anything. Number two, any church that chooses to hear. Mm. The statement below says you must be still to hear. We were eating Friday at Blue Sky. There were nine at the table. Nine, I guess, at the table. I'm down at the end, okay? Now, I hear people on this end talking, and, and I can hear them talking, but I don't know what they're saying, okay? And I was thinking about that. I've been there. I've been there in my relationship with the Lord. I know he's speaking, but I don't, I, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's saying. I know he is, but I'm not hearing him. I, I, I know he's saying something, but I don't know what he's saying. How about you today? Do you know that God is speaking? Many of us, I know God's speaking. He speaks all the time. Yes, he does. But are you, are you hearing what he's saying? No, I'm not hearing him. But I, I hear him. I know he's speaking, but I don't know what he's saying. Why not? I don't know. First question, when somebody asks me that, I say, can I ask you something? Have you been still in a while? Still? 
Man, you see my schedule? I am busy. I am so busy. I'm just busy. Yeah? We're all busy. It's the enemy's number one trait is to get you busy. Because a busy person will not be still and hear God. They won't. They will not. How long has it been for you, the little church, since you really got still and not just heard him out there talking, but really heard what he's saying? How long has it been for us as a church since we've really heard from God? You say, well, that's your job, Jeff. That's why I pay you the big bucks. True, all right? But we as the church need to hear from God. There's many of you that's heard from God. There's many of you that's got a word from the Lord and shared it with me. And sometimes I've said, you know what? I think the Holy Spirit gave that to you for a purpose. He wants you to do it. And you're like, that's not why I shared that with you. All right? But sometimes that happens, okay? I mean, when we were in youth work, Melissa and I all the time, we'd have, we'd have people come to us and say, you know what? I think you need to do this with your junior high boys because they're just wild in worship. Really? Okay. Well, maybe God laid that on your heart because he wants you to work with junior high boys. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I say, hey, that's how the Spirit works, man. All right? And what happens is that's exactly how the Spirit works sometimes. He, he puts it on us because he has that for us, not to transfer that to someone else. Okay? I mean, I couldn't tell you how many calls I get from people that say, hey, I work with so-and-so, and they told me to give you a call. And, and what it is, they want, they, 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 it's about salvation. It's about the relationship with the Lord. And I'm thinking, I want that person that's been divinely put at that workplace and given favor with that individual right there to share Christ, not to go, let me call my pastor, okay? Because you're the church. Be the church. You got the second greatest story you ever told your story. Tell your story. Tell your story. Oh, yeah, they may argue this, but they want to argue change life. They may argue this, but they want to argue the guy that used to bump into trees now sees trees because he was blind, but now he sees. So that's what you got to be. That's what he wants. So a church must choose to abide, and it must choose to hear. Little church and big church. Number three, it must choose to obey the word. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second. I didn't say preach the word. I meant obey the word. You say, well, aren't those the same thing? Nope, they're not. They're not the same thing. There's taking a bath and there's using soap when you take a bath. I've done enough camps with, with boys about third, three days in. I'm like, dude, you got to take a shower. Mr. Jeff, I took a shower. Okay, let me explain this to you. I didn't mean get in there and turn the water on and get in there and get wet. I, I meant get in there and get some soap and scrub that B.O. off because I do not want to smell that anymore, okay? No more, okay? You're killing my worship, okay? Can't worship with B.O., can't. Just can't do it, okay? I mean, seriously, Melissa knows, man. I've, I've sicked her on the girls, and I've taken the boys. And, 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 and for you girls out there thinking, boys stink. Girls, I'm... <laughs> Y'all can generate some serious stuff of your own, so don't be sitting there going, I'm just glad I'm a girl. You're not off the hook because I've taken some stinky girls to camp, okay, very stinky girls to camp, okay. And, and I'm telling you, boys' feet may stink, but girls run a, I mean, they're close. They're close, I'm telling you. So what I mean is I don't mean does your church preach the word. I think churches preach the word. 
But the question I believe when God looks down at the bride is, is my church preaching the word or is my church doing the word? And what's got the world absolutely confused and frustrated and many of you that used to go to church or that don't like church or didn't like church is, when you preach it, when you preach the word, you think they're doing the word. But the problem is we're preaching the word and we think we're, we're, we're excluded from doing it We could just because we, we came and heard it. Hearing it's not enough. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I know a man or knew a man who told his wife, I mean, this is the gospel, told his wife as a senior pastor of a very large church that he was called to preach God's word, not live it. Am I lying? I mean, that's the gospel. The senior pastor told his wife that. I wanted to resign my position as a staff member immediately of afraid of lightning hitting a church and burn it to the ground just like that. I thought God of the Old Testament about to come see us. I mean, that is not, that's not, no, God's never called a soul to preach the word, but he's called thousands to preach it and live it, man. That, I mean, you can't separate the two of those things. And I think the world is in desperate need of not just hearing Scripture, but seeing Scripture. What do you like? To be told something or to be shown something? You liked it driven down your throat or modeled in front of you? Because I believe in church, just like in parenting, most things that people get is not taught, but caught. They're caught. And when I see gospel, real, legitimate, real scripture walked and lived out, I'm attracted to that. I'm impressed by that. I love to watch people walk through tough times beautiful and come out the other side gorgeous. With a beautiful all the way through it. I think of Kathy. Kathy here? Kathy, wave at me. Walk through it. Walk through it looking like Jesus. Oh, yeah, there's tough times. There's hard days. I'm going to tell you, she's beautiful, man. Beautiful. Because of her Jesus in her and the Word of God that's just rich in her, man. And I'm telling you right now, mm, she's beautiful. I mean, she's walking through it. She's walking in it. And, and, and the church today, the big church and little church, that will obey the word of God, he will bear much fruit. Bear much fruit. Bear much fruit. I wonder how many people in the church today will have their word on Sunday and never pick it up again until next Sunday. How many of us have our word on Sunday and we never touch it again till next Sunday. That's not good. We got to be people of the word, in the word. We got to do the word. Okay? Joshua 1 8 says that, that don't let the word of God depart from you, but meditate on it day and night to be careful to do everything written in it. it 
I don't need to tell you as adult what day and night means. Day and night means day and night. Okay, it's not a confusing little oxymoron there. Psalm 119, 9 through 11 talks about how can a young man keep his ways pure by living according to your word. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Mm, must know where you're at. And a light unto my path. Is it? Not, not does it say that, but is it? Not, not showing someone where the scripture says that, but is it? Because what I like to do is when people share scripture with me, and I say, man, that's a, that's a great word. You doing that? What? I was just going to give you a description. Yeah, I know. But Psalm 119, 105 is a good word. Lamp unto my feet, light in my path. You doing that? That's what we got to do. James 1.22 says we must be doers of the word. Doers. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here as Melissa's husband to tell her what a husband is supposed to be like. I'm supposed to do what a husband's supposed to do. She doesn't want to hear this. She wants to see this. And the church is the same way. The church is fed up with we preach the word. That's fine. I want to go to a church full of people that not just hear the gospel, but that live it every day. Live it every day. Last thing is this. Any church that chooses not only to abide, not only to hear, not only to obey, but to follow, to follow, to follow. You got to follow him. The church has got to abide, to get in that word, to obey that word, to hear that word, to follow him. He is the head of the church. His name is Jesus not to be confused with anything else. Don't follow the preacher. Don't follow the staff. Don't follow the style of worship. You follow, follow Jesus. He is the head, the head, the head, the head. Simple question. How many of you are following anything that doesn't have a head? I'm not. That's a scary, freaky-looking, stupid dude. I'm not following anything headless. Nothing. Nothing. Okay? You can't cut the head off a church and follow that church because it's going nowhere. Nowhere. I don't care how big and full the parking lot is. doesn't matter. Christ must be the head of the church. You've got to ask the question every single time as the church, what does God want us to do and God prepare us to do it? Not, hey, God, we're going to do this. Bless it. That's, that is so opposite of gospel. That's not, that's not even it. That's not it. And I'm afraid that we're not asking that question as a church. We're not. I'm not saying us. We try to do that often, okay? But, but, but church in general, church in general, any church that chooses to abide, to hear, to obey, and to follow will bear much fruit. Acts 2, you saw it demonstrated, and what does it say at the end? That God added to their numbers daily those being saved. What's wrong with simple church? What's wrong with that? Why does it have to be so complicated? Why does it have to be so hard? Why does it have to be a drain? Just do church. 
Just do church. That's all you got to do. And God says, just do it, and I'm going to absolutely expand it all. I'm going to do it all if you'll just do it. And so this morning, I want you and I to agree that the little church and the big church are going to look the same. That's it. That we're going to be married. The little church, me and you, we're going to abide, we're going to hear, we're going to obey, and we're going to follow. And us as a corporate body called First Baptist Church of Bushland, Texas, the big church, we're going to what? We're going to obey, we're going to, I mean, we're going to abide, we're going to hear, we're going to obey, and we're going to follow. And when that happens, you will bear much fruit. And can I just say something to you in closing? A fruit tree does not have to strain at all to produce fruit. And a church should not strain at all to bear much fruit either. You just lift him up. You just, you absolutely just abide in him. You just hear him. You just obey him. And you just follow him. And absolutely you will not be able to keep up with growth. And here's the great thing about it. You won't be tired doing it. Because I'm going to tell you, I've been a part of churches that are wear you out, dog tired. You're going to go to church. You're gonna go, yeah, i got to go back to work to rest. Because my church wearing me out. All right? Don't, it, I don't think he wanted it difficult. I, I just don't. I just think he wants us to be simple church. Acts 2. Devote yourself. Get in the word. And he will bear much fruit. And he will cause growth. Incredible growth. Spiritually and numerically. Partner with me. And saying, I'm going to be the church that chooses, little church that chooses to do these four things as I partner with people with like mind to be the church, corporate body, to do these four things. And we're going to let God be exalted as he does great things in front of us. Great things. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, as we enter a time of invitation, Father, that's a very simple Memorial Day weekend message. Most of us knew that before we walked in. But God, you're not real concerned about what we know. You're more concerned about what we do. We're not called human doings. We're called human beings. And so, Father, I know your desire is for us as the bride of Christ, the little church, big church, is to do your word. And I pray, Father, that each of us look personally inside of ourselves and say, am I doing these four things in my own personal life? And partner with people who are doing the same so that the church, the church, the big church, looks like what God wants us to look like. From God's perspective, that we bear much fruit. Father, this morning, that may be a family here, not planning on this, but just they're here, and they sense this is what God wants, and they, they, they need to come this morning and officially partner with this body and say, I'm a part of the church. I'm a part of the church here at First Baptist. Maybe the individuals need to come to the altar, or those maybe need to come to some of these couples and just pray, God, that you'd send them here this way. 
But God, whatever you do, don't leave us like we were when we came in. And so, Father, speak into us and cause us to do what we've heard today. Cause us to be doers, not just hearers. God, just be honored during this invitation time. And move us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stay in church.